All right. Now, uh, close up your books. Uh, for next time, for tomorrow, what we are doing is the third declension of nouns. The third declension. And this is basically how many declensions there are in Greek. We've had the O declension, the A declension, and those are sometimes called the second and the first declension, and then the third declension. Now, this declension is more difficult than the other two in that it doesn't just do something like uh, there's an O vowel or there's an A vowel. It's not exactly like that. So let me put up the paradigm, which is soter, which means savior. Now, one of the things about the third declension is that a couple of the forms are identical to forms in other declensions, but they are in different cases. Third. All right, now, let's take a look here. Soter, soteras, sotere, sotera, soteras, soteron, sotersi, and soteras. Now, there are a couple of points that are very important for you to notice. Number one, the nominative is not necessarily the key to anything. Notice that this nominative actually doesn't have an ending on it. The genitive singular is the form that really gives you the stem and kind of what's going on. Now that Omicron Sigma is not nominative singular. That is a genitive singular of the first or third of the third declension. Alright, so what this would be similar to is something like this. If you say that D or ED is the sign of past tenses in English. Walk, walked. All right? <clears throat> Love, loved. Spackle, spackled. Well, then all of a sudden, you get this. Well, now that D is not the sign of the past tense. That D is part of the present tense. And you just got to kind of recognize that. All right, so notice here, short alpha, that's not a nominative. It's an accusative singular. This is a short alpha, hence you can have the circumflex accent. Now, there are a couple of points that are still, oh, what would you say, um, still exhibit familiar characteristics. Here's the first one. Genitive plural is still own. And you still have a yota around in the dative. 
Remember, for the O declension, we had log go with a Yoda subscript or log ois. And then in the A declension, we had hey mer a, Yoda subscript, or hey mer ice with a Yoda. So that's always a characteristic. A Yoda is always in the dative. And this as, although it's in the A declension, it's long, this is short, that as should look familiar as an accusative plural. You should be able to recognize this. Um, <clears throat> that is similar to what we saw here with hey mice and he mice, which actually represented es. See? And then it contracted like an eo contract verb. So that's OK. Probably the things that cause the most difficulty here are those two forms, because those are not nominative singulars. All right, now, of course, you'll have articles with this a lot of the time. So if you have, for example, this, tu soteras and ton sotera, it's pretty obvious that you're dealing with a genitive and an accusative, respectively. Now, this is the pattern. This is the basic pattern. Os, u, uh, os, e, a, s, on, se, as. That is the pattern for, the basic pattern for masculines and feminines of the third declension. So this is a lot like the O declension, where masculine and feminine exactly share the same forms. <clears throat> now I'm going to put up one more. I'll move over to this board. I'm going to put up one more uh, uh, paradigm. This is also masculine and feminine, because this illustrates two other slight variations. All right? And this is, are we using Nix or Sarks? Sarks. Uh, this is Sarks. This happens to be a feminine. And this is um, the word for flesh. You remember, uh, this is Kefi's favorite word, sarcophagus. Yeah. All right? Yes. Well, uh, this comes from this. Now, <clears throat> there are two things that this is going to illustrate. The first has to do with the nominative singular. Notice sarks with a xi does not look like the rest of the stems. Now, what is that? Well, look at the dative plural, sarksi. Now, what is that? Well, you'll notice that the dative plural ending is si, right? So this is clearly the following. It's clearly sarksit. Same principles as we had when we made futures and weak aorist of verbs. Guttural plus sigma gives you xi. Ah, that now becomes revelatory of what's happening up in the nominative singular. What does it look like was added to the basic kappa stem? A sigma. And thus, <clears throat> this illustrates now like that. This illustrates now the basic thing about the third declension, which is this. The nominative singular will either have 
no ending or a sigma. No ending or a sigma. And then the genitive singular, as you can see in this example, reveals what the basic stem is, sark. I mean, I suppose, if you think about it, it could have been sarg with a gamma, because the first form would have been sarks again. See, you're not going to know what the actual stem is until you see the genitive singular. And more than any other reason, this is exactly why when we've learned nouns, we've learned doulas dash oo masculine. Yep, if, if you only had O and A declension, you wouldn't need the genitive singular super legally. But once you come to the third declension, you do. Because we just don't necessarily know what's standing behind there. Sometimes there, this nominative singular will be lengthened, and I'll talk about that in a minute, like an omega, and then you have an omicron in the basic stem. So you've got to watch out. In other words, the nominative will often be the odd man out in this declension. Now, what I've got over there also illustrates something else. Do you notice that the basic stem, what's the basic stem, Bits? Sark. That's a monosyllable, as opposed to so tear. Now, when you have a monosyllable, what happens is that you have a kind of moving accent. Notice that it goes over the basic stem, then it goes to the endings for two, and then back to the basic stem. Stem, ending, ending, stem. Notice the inside-outside sort of pattern. This can be illustrated and remembered by <clears throat> watching my tie. You will notice I will illustrate the positioning of the accent by the tie. Sarks, sarcus, sarki, sarka, sarkes, sarcon, sarksi, sarkas. Okay? So just like you go like this, this is exactly, and if you do it well, you do a little sidestep in there, okay? Now, so that is, thank you, thank you. It's not as good as the realm of the Adaa, but it's okay. All right, now, uh, so this moving accent, sometimes called a syncopated accent, though legally that occurs in a little different situation, uh, does happen in this third declension. Um, it does not happen in the other declensions. But in this one, the inside-outside accenting pattern, every time you have a monosyllable, okay? So when you have a monosyllable, this is sarks. The word for night is nuk, nuk, nuktos, nukti, nukta, nuktes, nukton, nuksi, nuktas. It always goes like that. So, uh, so this then illustrates a the sigma as the ending for the nominative as possible, and b the moving accent with a monosyllable. Yes, sir. So where is the sigma? Uh, the accent right here. I, it got concealed by the arrow there as I came up. Right here. 
Sarkos. Right. Yes. It's Sark with a kappa. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. Now, sometime there there will be a um, uh, uh, there will be a couple of little other things. I chose Soter. This is the only book that uses Soter as a, a paradigm. But I chose Soter because I felt it was the purest possible noun. You'll notice. There's no xi or something like that. There's nothing happening over here. You just have the stem and the endings. So I'm going to go over to the other board and put up what happens. Let's take one like hegemon. Now hegemon, hegemon, this means leader. Kefi often uses the word hegemony. Hegemony comes exactly from this. If a, if a nation has hegemony in NATO, it means it has the leadership. So, uh, hegemon, hegemonas, hegemony, hegemona. All right, now, what I'm going to illustrate here is this. What's the stem? Uh, Bobby? Hega what? No. Hegemon. Right. That stem always comes out of the genitive singular taking off Omicron Sigma. Now, when there is no Sigma added, but there's nothing like here, often what will happen is if there is a short vowel here, it will lengthen to a long vowel in the nominative. Didn't happen here because the basic vowel is an eta. That's why I chose this as the paradigm. Because if you if you know soter, you can just take soter off, and the endings are purely left for you there. There's no other horsing around that goes on. But this declension has a lot of little diddly horsing around, like this, where all of a sudden you have hegemon hegemonas. Now, you'll be given in the vocabulary hegemon, hegemonas. Now you know it's going to go off of hegemonas. Hegemone, hegemona, hegemonas, hegemonon. What's the dative plural? Hegemosi, because nu drops out before sigma. This is what I mean about a lot of little horsing around that goes on. Yes? No, in the lexicon you look for the nominative. Yeah, in the lexicon, because the lexicon's dealing with meaning, it's not a, a parsing guide as such. Yeah. You leave off Omicron Sigma. Right. And then whatever is left, Hegemon, that's the stem that you'll use for the other six forms. Right, right. Now, what you guys learned, essentially, with doing the future and the weak aorist with sigma adding to consonants, all that goes on here. So if you have a stem, for example,
that's not a guttural, but a dental. Let's take that. Let's take elpis, which is hope. And here's the genitive, elpidus. Well, you can see there's a dental stem. Clearly, the dental got driven out by the sigma, just like pythopiso. Well, what would the dative plural be? Well, the dental gets driven out by the sigma in the dative plural. So all those principles that you saw still hold. There are very few labial third declension nouns. But if, there, if you happen to come across one, it'd have a C there. Generally speaking, they don't do labials with this. Um, all right, now, I have to show you then, and I'll erase this board. I'll have, I have to show you then the neuter pattern. There are two neuters uh, patterns in the third declension. Um, we'll get the other one tomorrow. But the one I'm going to show you now is the more frequent and the more basic. Not, not on this lesson. We have another lesson with more third declension nouns. It's two days on the third declension, but not on the same lesson. OK, now this is pneuma, which means spirit or breath, like in the word pneumatic or pneumonia, when something's wrong with your lungs. Now you'll notice some similarities here to what we know. This is, of course, a dental. And so the dental gets driven out here. Now, this is a neuter. As with all neuters, the inside forms tend to be OK. Notice how similar they are to this. Just look up here. Look how similar they are to that. Now, what happens then? Hmm. Interestingly, in the nominative, these lose that tau and have pneuma. And then whatever, this is a neuter principle, of course, whatever occurs in the nominative singular occurs in the accusative singular. Pneuma, pneuma. Now, Bobby, as we asked you once, and you got some points for this, I believe, what is always the ending of the neuter plural? It is alpha. And that happens here, too, where we have pneumat is our basic stem. And now we add the alpha on there, and we get pneumata. Pneumata. And the pneumata will also be the same as the accusative singular, pneumata. Now, what's real interesting about this pattern is that the end of the stem in the genitive singular always ends with ma. So here's another one, soma, like psychosomatic. Bottom, right? 
That means body. You got it. Soma. Notice a ma again. And then the genitive singular will be somatos. So I tend to call these the ma-matos neuters. So pnoima, pnoimatos, soma, somatos. It'll always have the end of the uh, stem here in the genitive singular will not just be tau or something, it'll actually be mat. You will always see this in this pattern. And then the nominative singular will just have ma. It's the ma matus pattern, and that's only neuters. All right? Pneuma, pneumatus, pneumati, pneuma, pneumata, pneumaton, pneumasi, pneumata. All right? The stem is pneumat. Pneumat, yes. And you can tell that because notice how that stem persists here. That, of course, gets driven out. But this shortens up in the nominative by losing the tau. Yeah. Uh, the dative? This is a yoda, and this is a sigma yoda. Yoda and Sigma Yoda. So you'll notice that this actually not only is without an ending, this is without the last letter of the basic stem. Yeah. No. Because of the endings. Because everything inside is identical to the basic pattern, and on the outside it's kind of not. Well, you know, um, uh, Kevin. Sort of like the O declension, where we had tech nun was not like logos, see? But then you had tech nu techno, that's fine. We got to the plurals, tech na, that wasn't like logoi, but then you had tech known, tech noise, that was, and then tech na again. So it's the same thing where it's not an inside outside accenting thing, it's an inside outside ending issue. I don't know. Just did. There's no, you know, there, there's kind of no particular principle about this. Though I will say this. I will say this. That Greek did not end words with a tau. As far as I know, it, you, you just never had that. You know, with the endings we've had, we've had tie and stuff like that, but the tau is never at the end. I don't think they like that. So that just got dropped off. 